one more game and we can take a nap for about nine to ten days, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Locked On Golden Knights, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It is Tuesday, January 21st, 2020. And consider this your Monday episode because today we're going to do double duty. We're going to do this episode that's going to go up in the morning. And then later tonight, we will be doing a breakdown of the Golden Knights taking on the Boston Bruins. That game is an early, uh, what's the word? Game's an early start. So we will be back later tonight to break down that game. So you get two episodes in one day since we couldn't make anything happen uh, yesterday because the entire household, meaning my wife, uh, is not feeling well. So I was kind of taking care of her yesterday. So welcome back, everybody. I am your host, Danny Webster, Vegas correspondent for NHL.com, site manager for SB Nations, Nice on Ice, and columnist, NHL columnist for gaming today here in Las Vegas. And we will be breaking down VGK in Boston in just a little bit. But very first, before we do that, the usual housekeeping items. If this is the first time you're listening to this podcast, welcome to you. We are a daily podcast talking about the Vegas Golden Knights here on the Lockdown Podcast Network, which you can find on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or Stitcher, or wherever else you consume your podcasting. You can find us on Twitter at LockdownVGK. You can follow me on Twitter at DannyWebster21. Or if you like sending emails, you can do that too to LockedOnGoldenKnights at gmail.com. So, one more game. I, I feel like, uh, there. I believe, the, the best way I can visually, uh, the best way I can sum this up, uh, James Myrtle from The Athletic tweeted a gif yesterday of DJ Khaled popping the uh, giant champagne bottle in the pool and then it said, Hockey writers during the bye week. And you know what? He's probably right because it has been a long 50 some odd game so far. And you couple that with a coaching change and whatnot. It's been a very hectic uh, few months for the Vegas Golden Knights. But they will take their final game uh, heading into the All-Star break tonight. When they will be taking on the defending Eastern Conference champion Boston Bruins who are coming into this game struggling rather heavily. Now, if you're the Golden Knights, if you're looking for a chance to, one, get what would still be considered a signature win, and, B, take advantage of a team that's really not at full strength right now, this Bruins team would be the ideal opponent to do that. So ever since the Bruins started 23-5, and uh, in their first 28 games to start the season, the Bruins have kind of dipped off a little bit, uh, going 8-7-6 and six in their last 21, which means they've lost 13 of the last 21 overall. So uh, very interesting to see how Boston has been able to struggle as heavily as it has. But at the same time, if you're if you are a Boston fan, good news for you. They are still a dangerous team. David Pasternak still was 70 points. Uh, Brad Marchand was 65. Uh, obviously, there's still the drop-off there, but you still have to deal with Patrice Bergeron uh, as the uh, defensive ace that he is, as well as the scoring stalwart that he can be, despite him missing time earlier this year. The other thing you have to worry about if you're Boston is no Tugarask because he's dealing with a concussion, and now you have to, not that this is a bad thing, but you now have to go forward with Yaro Halak for a little bit, uh, depending on how long Rask is out. 
So with all that being said, that's good news if you are the Golden Knights, in, in a sense. Uh, because you remember, earlier this season, this Boston team came into T-Mobile Arena and beat the living hell out of the Golden Knights in the second and third periods. Um, had it not been for the fact that the Vegas allowed Boston to get back into that game as early as it did, they probably would have been able to close that game out if had they not uh, gone completely cold in stopping the Bruins putting the puck in the back of the net. Um, but again, if you're the Golden Knights, you play, you played two pretty solid games overall under new coach Peter DeBoer, and if you are throwing Mark Andre Fleury out there, uh, which at the time of this recording it's 4:15, we don't know quite yet if Mark Andre Fleury will be serving his uh, one game suspension today, or when they get back. From the break, he would have to sit out the first game uh, against the Carolina Hurricanes in uh, Raleigh. Uh, to this point, Flurry did practice yesterday, so all signs point to Flurry being in net for this game, and then he will take off the Carolina game and be back for Nashville the following day. Again, we're recording this at four fifteen in the morning. Not really sure if that's likely to happen, but. Regardless of how Boston's playing, they're still the Bruins, right? They're still a team that is dangerous up top. They're still a dangerous team with a lot of depth that can beat you in so many ways. And their goaltending, even though Rask is out, Halak has been really solid for most of the season. So if you're the Golden Knights, this is still a chance to really get a signature win, especially a signature win under Pete DeBoer. And it would be an ideal time to get a win in Boston. As DeBoer highlighted yesterday after practice, he's taking this time to still kind of get to know the players that he's coaching, right? But at the same time, given the fact that there's still this break coming up and that they're going to be about eight or nine days before they see each other again, uh, the fact that... DeBoer really isn't going full out as trying to implement a new system. Uh, He still wants the Golden Knights to kind of feel as if they are kind of learning a new system, but he doesn't want to overwhelm them as he highlights here. Yeah, it was great. Um, And that kind of led led me to change my thinking about how much I wanted to kind of start to introduce and do some things because when you look at the the back end of the break coming out of it, we don't have a lot of practice time and back-to-back games, so... This has been good, and uh, I thought the guys had another good practice today and, you know, starting to hopefully pick up some of the, the concepts, and uh, it was good. Is it unfair to say it's kind of like training camp in terms of yeah. what you're trying to install? I think so. You know, at the same time, it's not training camp in that you're not starting from scratch. You know, this team has a good foundation. They were well coached. Um, so it's just tweaking. Every coach has things that are important to, to him and his his style of play and his identity so and those are never the same so it's those little details that uh, you're trying to get at so nothing really major which is good I mean you don't want to overwhelm these guys and you know blow a chance to get some points and, and kind of have them do what they've been doing this entire time uh, obviously as evident of uh, Saturday against Montreal, Vegas does need to defend a little bit better in the first period, and it would be very beneficial for them 
to put some goals on the board early and often. Again, that game plan didn't work the last time Boston was in Vegas, but considering how you fell behind 3 nothing and you were still somehow, some way able to squeeze a point out of that, um, it would be very beneficial to not fall behind 3 nothing in the first period to this uh, Boston team. No matter how much they've struggled over the past 21, uh, they're still a dangerous team. And for Vegas to get a win here would be very ideal. To get another point, I think, would be very ideal going into a very uh, hostile environment. Um, And it's also another big chance. Not that this really means anything. Because after this, I think Vegas will be down to, what, 31 games left in the regular season. Uh, But it is a chance for the Golden Knights to take first place in the Pacific Division via points should they get the win. They would have sole possession of first place uh, heading into the break uh, if things were to go their way. Right now, the Vancouver Canucks lead by one point over a four-way tie, which is still ridiculous to me, a four-way tie for first place in the Pacific Division. So, again, points percentage might not look the best, but in terms of actual points on the board, the Golden Knights would go into the break with 59 points and would be top the Pacific Division, which if you were to ask me, you know, three, four days ago, if that seemed plausible, I'd probably tell you hell no, given everything that's been going on. But you know what? More power to them if they're able to squeeze this out, but it definitely will not be because uh, they did not want to play for the coach. And I'm talking about the old coach, Gerard Gallant. So big, big game coming up tonight for the Golden Knights. I believe the tip, the uh, puck drop tip off. I've been watching. I watched so much basketball yesterday. Uh, puck drop, I believe, is at four o'clock in Boston tonight. So a uh, very big game coming up for the Golden Knights as they are in Boston to take on the Bruins. So yesterday when uh, Pete DeBoer was addressing the media, one of the things that he did mention was the status of Cody Glass and William Carlson. Glass is on the road trip uh, traveling with Vegas. uh, Is not expected to play tomorrow, as I think it would be a shock if he did. Um, But there is a chance that he will play when the Golden Knights resume uh, their road trip when they come back from the break in Carolina and Nashville, which is spectacular news. And the also can be the also the same can be said about William Carlson, who they will keep out uh, for tomorrow. But it is a good chance whether after these next four games or uh, during these last four games of the road trip that William Carlson will rejoin the Golden Knights. Which again, fantastic news if you're Vegas if you were able to dodge bullets like that. But it cannot be uh, understated. That Chandler Stevenson, through two games, has done a spectacular job filling in for William Carlson. Um, now, I'm not suggesting that he is William Carlson. I'm not suggesting that he is a Selkie finalist. I'm not suggesting anything of the sort. But what I will say is that what Chandler Stevenson has done in these last two games, I think part of it, I do believe, is the return of Jonathan Marshall. So let's let's also keep that in mind. But Stevenson has become the perfect stopgap for the Golden Knights. What do I mean by that? No matter what line you put him on, with the exception of maybe sliding on the left with Carlson and Smith, Chandler Stevenson has been very good no matter where you've put him. You know, when he was on the fourth line, when he first was traded to Vegas, he played exceptionally well. 
when he moved up to second line center when Cody Glass went down and he was centering with uh with uh Stone and Pacioretty, of course, well with those guys you're gonna do well, but he held his own, is what I'm trying to say. And then even on the third line, you know, when he's has opportunities with Tuck and I mean I think even even before Eakin, so was Stasny too, he's played well. And these last two games really you know, again, far be it for me to be the one to go into advanced numbers and analytics and tell you, hey, this is how good he's been. But when you break it down, really, and you go back and watch the film, he's been very good. He has been everything that Vegas is hoped for when you're talking about a valuable depth piece. Um, second straight game on that line where Corsi has been above 60%. It was 63.3 against Ottawa. And then 68.75 against Montreal, which eventually led to a goal for that line scored by Marshall in the second period. Um, they had eight scoring chances against Montreal compared to uh, allowing only five, which is fantastic. And even though the scoring chances really weren't there against uh, Ottawa, at least I don't believe, I, I had the number with me and then I lost it. The, uh, the fact that he's been able to kind of drive that line. You know what I mean? It's not like you throw a center out there and he, and it becomes stagnant. Um, it was actually 8-5 to five also between Vegas and Ottawa. So it's not like you're throwing him out there and he's just, you know, par for the course. He actually fits well with that line, with his, with his speed, with his forechecking, and that really are the two elements. Those really are the two elements that when Vegas acquired Stevenson, that was what they preached was his speed, his forechecking, his ability to drive some sort of offense in the offensive zone. And it's worked. And because of that, it's it, he's earned his playing time when you look at it. I mean, he's got six goals since he was traded. The last goal came on the shorthanded variety, which was a terrific individual play. Again, it was Ottawa, but, I mean, we've seen Stevenson cash these opportunities in, you know, from time to time. You look back to the St. Louis game. He had that game-winning goal. Uh, and, again, uh, Thursday against Ottawa. He had the shorthand goal, made the great individual play, and then he walked in on Anderson, and he scored. I mean, th- this is the kind of stuff that Stevenson has been doing um, since he's come to Vegas. And... um you know, you think about you think back to when he was in Washington. You know, fringe fourth line guy who really had no spot on the roster, and you know the fact that Vegas has been able to take him in and he's been able to play as well as he has, I think is really, um, I think has been a really welcomed addition for Vegas. I mean, it goes without saying, but he's just been steady ever since he's gotten to Vegas. Now, the question. Uh, that I have, and I think everyone has, is that when Carlson and Glass are healthy, where does that leave Stevenson? And to me, I still believe that when this team is fully healthy, the best thing that you can do, if you're Vegas, and and I think this will work out perfectly, because it'll give you time to figure out what in the world you're going to do with Cody Eakin. I still think that when the time comes, the best third line that you can roll out there is Glass centering with Stevenson and Tuck. And Stevenson on the left, Tuck on the or yeah, Tuck on the right, Stevenson on the left. 
I think that that is still the best third line that you're going to come up with with a team that's fully healthy because you're going to have the Stasny line up top, Carlson line will run second, and then Glass will be running third, and then you can figure out if you want Eakin to center your fourth line or if Nicholas Waugh continues this steady progression or if Tomas Nosek moves back down to the fourth line, um, you have those options there. But I think when everyone is fully healthy and if you're taking a healthy team into the playoffs, that's really the that's really the role that you've got to that you've got to work for or that's the role you got to use. And the good thing is I think with Stevenson you put him on the third line, you put him on the third line left wing, you know what you're getting, right? And when I say that, I mean you know what you're getting, but the skills are very heightened. Um whereas if you were to say put Brandon Peary on there, you know what you're getting, but it it's it's a situation where Stevenson doesn't solely rely on his shot. He relies on other things to get himself in position to have a better all-around game. Whereas Peary, when he was on the third line, it was like, okay, if he doesn't even get a shot off, it's a failed shift on that third line's part. And I think when we see more of how Peter DeBoer is going to roll these lines, and we saw on Saturday how balanced the ice time was, with the exception of Shea Theodore having to play 28 minutes, which... We don't want to turn him to uh, Thomas Shabbat here, but um, with the exception of that, the the lines were rolling very consistently. Um, fourth line got some very good time. Third line was, you know, doing its thing, but got around 13, 14 minutes. And then the top six did what it did. And I think Stevenson played like 15 minutes, almost 16 minutes the other night. Um, it's going to be very interesting to watch how that works. And the reason why I say that is because with this third line, if you were to put Stevenson on the left with glass centering and tuck on the right, they're going to get their chances. It's not like this is going to be a third line where this is going to be like 11 to 12 minutes a night. And then the fourth line play is like seven or eight. This could be an opportunity for Chandler Stevenson to still show that he is very capable of being a very solid player for this team. And if he gets a very good playmaking center in the middle and if he's able to get Alex Tuck on the right track, which Tuck has looked more engaged in these last two games than I think he has in in a while, which I think is a very good sign. He's getting in on the play more. He's getting some shots off. Some of them not on net, but he's looking a little bit like the Alex Tuck that we've seen before. Um, you put all that together, and I think that Stevenson is going to become more of a valuable piece on this roster when everyone is healthy. And he's going to be an X factor in some of those games, especially when you get closer to the playoffs, and especially when you get into the playoffs, if Vegas makes it. He's going to be a very, very valuable piece. Uh, and he's he's probably going to decide a few games just because he'll be on the penalty kill. He might be on the power play, depending on how DeBoer sees everything fitting. But you know, at least when you watch Stevenson, this kind of play can be sustained, and he can do a lot of things well. And he can definitely help out in a game that might slow down in the playoffs. If the game starts to slow down and you need to rely on your speed and your forechecking, that is a guy that can definitely help, especially in your bottom six. So he's definitely earned his time. I think if he continues to play like this... Um, on that line with Marshall Soul and Smith, 
definitely for now, that's going to be a very good stopgap. And then when Carlson and Glass get back, then you have to figure out where best to put them. But I do believe the best spot to put Chandler Stevenson is third line left wing. And if you have him on a line with Glass and Tuck, there's your best third line, I think. Without question, there's your best third line. If you've been a listener to this podcast, I'm sure you've heard all the great advertisers working with Locked On to reach sports fans. But you may not know that Locked On Golden Knights is a great way for your local business to reach passionate Golden Knights fans just like you. Unlike any other podcast, Locked On gives your local company the unique ability to reach local podcast listeners. Not just any podcast listener, a Locked On podcast listener. If your company wants to connect with Golden Knights fans in a predominantly male audience that is well-educated with disposable income, then let's put your company right here on this Locked On podcast. Local fans love to support local businesses. Text the word advertising to 33777 or visit LockedOnPodcast.com backslash advertising and let us know who you are. We'll get our team to help your team achieve Locked On advertising success. Once again, text the word advertising to 33777 or visit LockedOnPodcast.com backslash advertising. We look forward to hearing from you. All right, so only two games last night uh, for the uh, for the look around the league. And really, the only one we really need to talk about is the Minnesota Wild blowing yet another game. Um, no, I don't. I think they're officially out of the playoff race unless they go on the run where they win like twenty or the last thirty. Um, but I, th- I think the Wild are done. They they showed a valiant effort in these last fifteen or so games, but I think it's done. The fact that they gave up two goals in the final five minutes to the Florida Panthers. Um, Albeit the Panthers are a playoff team at this point, but to lose the way that you did and then Noel Chari scores with what, what was it, five seconds left and you don't even get a point out of it? Oof, man. I feel bad for Bruce. I feel, oh, I feel bad for Bruce Boudreaux. I feel bad for Minnesota Wild fans. I feel bad for the state of Minnesota. I, I mean, good Lord, you, you, you lose the Vikings to the eventual NFC champions. And then now you have to deal with the Wild and their lackluster play. Good news is you have Josh Donaldson for four years. So good on you there. And and the Timberwolves, God bless them. Uh, but the Panthers did win 5-4, uh, to four, I believe it was yesterday. Um, very exciting game. Very uh, entertaining game. And the Panthers, man, they've been doing this a lot lately. Like, They've been finding ways to win games that they should have no business winning, and they've been able to do it at a very good pace. Um, they keep this up. They're going to be a. Ve- I think they're going to be a very dangerous team in the playoffs. The question is obviously going to be Bob, and if Bob isn't uh, playing to the caliber that he was uh, when he was in the playoffs last year with Columbus, then it's really going to be all for naught. Because as talented as that Panthers team is, I really don't know how much they can rely on you know Huberto, Barkov, Trocek, Achari. I don't know how much more they can rely on them to kind of carry the scoring load throughout the playoffs, especially if you got to play, you know, a Tampa or maybe a Boston in the first round, you're going to need goaltending. And if Bob isn't playing, you know, to the standard of what you signed him for, then it's going to be a short series. But Panthers making a charge for the playoffs, getting that fan base excited, and really that's all you're hoping for at this point. So Big win for the Panthers last night. And the Avalanche 
did what the Avalanche do, and the Red Wings did what they did. They uh, the Red Wings sucked. The Avalanche went on to win six to three. Another thirty goal season for Nathan McKinnon. The dude is ridiculously good. Uh, so again, as we mentioned earlier today, uh, it's going to be a double duty day uh, with this episode today. It's going up now, and then later tonight we will have the breakdown of the Golden Knights and the Bruins. Expect that one to probably come about an hour after the game. Uh, maybe a little bit later, depending on technical difficulties. I've been having technical difficulties uploading lately. It, it's weird, um, but I, it seems to be fixed. So we'll we'll keep our fingers crossed that the problem has subsided. Um, so expect that later tonight, and then starting tomorrow, uh, we have to figure out what the hell we're going to talk about for nine days because, uh, yeah, we are going to be once tomorrow. Once this game ends tonight. We're on a break for a while, guys. Like we'll we'll definitely get some episodes up. Uh, it's gonna be a little difficult with this bye week, but um, we are definitely going to do what we can to find some things to talk about. And we'll, uh, yeah, we'll we'll figure it out on the fly. Maybe I'll ask you guys to send in your questions for a mailbag. We haven't done a mailbag in a while. Maybe I need to get more advanced time or more time in advance to have you send in your questions. So we'll uh, be on the lookout for Twitter. Uh, when we're going to do a mailbag. So keep on keep an eye out for that. Uh, but other than that, that is going to do it for us today. We will be back tonight, everybody, for Golden Knights Bruins. So thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. Thank you for showing your support. Again, if you are an Apple podcast, by the way, please uh, feel free to leave a review and a rating. Helps people find the podcast. Helps people uh, uh, let me know how I'm doing. Also lets me know how I'm doing. Um, again, not the best podcaster in the world. I'm not, I'm not the best person to deliver words. Um, but I've been having a lot of fun doing this. It's been a lot of fun and, uh, hope you all have enjoyed the shows to this point as we reach the all-star break. So thank you guys for listening, uh, to locked on golden Knights here on the locked on podcast network. I am Danny Webster and we'll see you later tonight. Have a